This week's show is kind of long, no new guest, no new song, but it's funny, you will see, do do da do da dee. What are we doing? We're recording right now, I mean, we're just kind of chatting about whatever comes to we, mind. But we haven't, like, The thing is, done, too, you I, haven't announced topic. Well, it's we're not, we can do that. We're, I, not, um, we're not doing a song this week, so we kind of have more time, so we can just kind of chat. Creed sure reunion enough. and new album. <laughs> Go. That's gonna be, be pleasant. Get for stoked. Actually, Scott Stapp's shirt is still off. I had a I had a friend who was starting an online petition to try to get them to stop. He thought maybe <laughs> it's like a thousand strong against a Creed reunion. He said if they could get this many people to get behind it and especially, send it to them, say, see, look, nobody wants this. Especially if they were all people that were like when they were freshmen in high school, they loved Creed <laughs> and they now see, hate it. You see how times have changed, Mark. Termani, put that Paul Reed Smith guitar away. Dude, the PRS, man. I wanted one so bad. It's <laughs> like, this is so cool. The guy has his foot up on the amp. He's like... That guitar, <laughs> it costs like $10,000 and it sounds so pure. Santana. Santana. Still riffing on that same scale. Carlos Santana. If I may say, the Kenny G of rock and roll. I, I think I would probably go with you on that. This is what you do. This is how you make a Santana song. <laughs> You take a popular artist. You have well, them semi-popular. You have <laughs> semi-popular artists. You have them write a song. You have them perform the song. You bring in Santana for two minutes into the studio, and he riffs over the whole song. <laughs> and then you add some congas. Yes, you add some co- some congas. Okay, sorry. Uh, here's how you make a Kenny G song you take an already recorded popular song and you butcher the whole thing with a saxophone solo during the entire thing therefore uh, Santana Kenny G the perfect album would be Santana and Kenny G duets perfect album for what? for like (laughs) terrible bad music don't ever want to listen to an album see here's the other thing about Carlos Santana I feel like he he feels like his uh, his mission in life to sort of bring some kind of joy and harmony to the world makes it so that he's got to name every album like multi-dimensional soul force warrior, <laughs> you know, or like supernatural guitar god of the Aztecs. You know what I mean? That's like every <laughs> album has a title like that. It's like, true. What leads you to when does that become your your criteria for like your album titles? I don't I don't know. Well, I think that's what he spends most of his time doing. <laughs> Just thinking He's up coming up with titles. Oh, okay. The album itself, he doesn't do anything on until like the one day he spends two hours in the studio. Just one take. On that same scale. <laughs> just, he might even just do a series of licks and let the engineer and producer just chop them up and plop them down. In that's probably it. I mean, he probably just plays each note possible on yeah. his guitar. And then, and maybe adds a couple bendies in there. Bendies. And, uh, <laughs> and they, uh... That's the, uh... That was actually what Radiohead was going to call that album the originally. Bendies. The Bendies. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Santana actually titles his own stuff? Do you think he hires someone to do it? He actually might. Maybe he says, look... He gets Sufjan Stevens to come title his stuff. So it's... So that, it, yeah, every single one... Because, I mean... Hey, if you are the multi-dimensional Aztec soul force warrior, then I guess you really need to let people know. It's true. But no, you have to think about this now, because I'm, I'm thinking more about the Kenny G, Carlos Santana thing. <laughs> the anal- How many analog- other artists have their name on the album? It's Kenny G, 
you know, songs about love or Santana, whatever. Songs about love so in four dimensions. Have, how many artists have that's their name on the album and the album is not their music? Yeah. It's well, like other people did the music and then they just kind of fiddled with their instrument. Well, I guess it could be like <laughs> it could be like a singer that doesn't write their songs. Like like uh, someone Bublé. that does like standards like Michael Bublé, yeah. But I mean Michael Bublé actually like kind of adds his own that, I mean it's that's it's that kind of music it's kind of different for singers though because that's yeah. kind of what they that's do. what they do yeah and that's fine well that's what I Kenny guess. G does he yeah. plays saxophone but Except- Santana I, I feel like Kenny G <laughs> Kenny G has even more it's he's almost, more allowed to do that than Santana. Santana, it's just sort of Santana's just almost like a stylistic thumbprint. You just sort of come <laughs> in, and just yeah, it's sign like it, you, you know? Santanized it. Yeah, and, and it's a genre of music that doesn't lend itself to an artist doing that. Sometimes, like, yeah. Just, well, it'd be like if like every you know Michael Jackson album was somebody singing R and B music, and Michael Jackson would go like. <laughs> <laughs> like just randomly on stuff and then be like, this is the new Michael Jackson album. He's he's going ow over a couple songs. Like it becomes like kinda kitschy. Like you only hear that music in the dentist's office. Yes. Yeah. Well, or I mean if you really like it, then you've obviously been people... I believe the first time I heard Smooth, the Rob Thomas which I must say is, Standard is. is a good song. Uh, because is that Rob in case Thomas he's listening? <laughs> Rob Thomas, in case you're listening, it's not you, okay? <laughs> You'd have but, made that uh, song on one of your own albums. I would own it. I do own it. Yeah, I'm sure I you own do. that album, I know. Supernatural, I know. for that song. Supernatural, and for the Dave Matthews Band, one, which is whatever. Heart Warrior. But the first time I heard that song was I was getting <laughs> I was at the orthodontist. I was getting my braces tightened, which is strange. Why I still like the song because yeah, that's associated that. with that's such a terrible thing. Terrible. <laughs> what was the only thing that was giving you comfort at the time? So that might be true. Was Rob Thomas's that unique... That the awkward, cold hands of the dental assistant. Which, here is something that Scotty and I could probably chat about. I mean, we are we both have had braces. Victims of the... There's yeah. probably things that we that we have experienced, you know, like... And did you ever get the, did you ever get the <clears throat> canoe speech? Hmm. No? No. That was one, uh, our, was a popular one with our orthodontist, which I, I was kind of a troublemaker in my orthodontist office. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was older than every other kid there. So I just felt like when I was coming in, you know, it was always like these kids who were like 10 and 11. Oh good. Your braces are going to be coming off next month. Looking good. All right, Scotty, two more years, you know, and I'm like 22. But, uh, uh the one time I came in and I was supposed to be wearing rubber bands, you know, uh-huh. to help like kind of do some specific movement. Never I was really bad about wearing them. I, I rubber too. bands were the worst. So he said, uh, my orthodontist gave me this speech and he said, okay, so it's kind of like you're in a canoe and you need to get from, you know, here, uh, to where you're going, but you have to go upstream to get there. So you're going to have to paddle against the current. But if you stop paddling, the current's going to push you back mm. the other way. He said, it's just like with your braces. It's like, if you want them off, you're going to have to wear the rubber bands. Because if you don't, you're actually going to be sliding backwards, not just staying in the same place. Like he tried to, it, it wasn't enough to give me the metaphor. He had to explain it completely. <laughs> and so then when I'd come in, I'd ask uh, other kids, I'd be like, has he ever given you the canoe speech? And then he'd say things like, no, I only, I only say that to the, uh, to the kids that aren't doing the work. Scotty. And I'd be like, 
Okay, Doctor Amborn, thank you. I I also was a was a non rubber bander, and uh, every time I would come in, they'd be like, "Yeah, I've been wearing your rubber bands," and I could tell. I thought that the one dental assistant absolutely hated me because every time I saw her. <laughs> Because she always did the first little examination before the actual orthodontist came in and did anything. She would, like, you know, do the cleaning or whatever. She would put on the new, um, like, wire things, whatever. And then uh, I could tell, like, she'd be like, oh, you haven't been wearing your rubber bands. And I thought, (laughs) for some reason to me, because I was was a kid when I did this, for some reason to me back then, which is kind of how a lot of kids are, you think that... You assume if someone is is uh, upset about something dealing with you that that like consumes them like completely. Yeah, they just so don't I think like, like oh, you. this lady probably goes home every night and it like thinks about what a horrible person <sighs> I am. Only Mark would wear his rubber bands. Yeah, so my I job thought, would be better. <laughs> I thought, man, I am really, really letting this person down every yeah. time I come in. But I still never wore them on a personal level. And then eventually, they would always be like, "Yeah, you're never gonna get your braces off if you don't wear your rubber bands." And I was like, "Man, I'm never gonna get my braces off." <laughs> and then finally, one day, I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna wear my rubber bands." And literally, the next month, I came in and they're like, "You can get your braces off now." Like, it was like that quickly. It's almost like just having to learn a life lesson. That's all it is. They just I think want that's you to what it was. Lesson. I didn't need them anymore. They just kept them on because I wasn't wearing the rubber bands. You have to learn to to follow instructions even if it's uncomfortable. Yes. Some people learn it at age, what, 11 for you, right? No, I was actually... Maybe older? That was was the first time. The second time, uh, I was actually like 16. Okay. Some people learn it at, you know, 21 when I got mine off. But needed to grow up. Yeah, it took me longer. I had to, you know take responsibility for my dental awareness i feel like you guys went to summer camp together and i'm the friend who had like a broken leg and couldn't go like i have absolutely nothing to add to this conversation (laughs) orthodontics is not summer camp joel it's not summer camp there's no swimming in the lake there it is far from it it's like swimming in a lake with alligators that hurt your teeth (laughs) (laughs) that's truer words have never been spoken wow Truth. Truth. For your tooth. Truth for your tooth. It's funny to watch interviews with, like, your favorite comedian and find out that they're not, they're not funny. funny. Yeah. Except for Zach Galifianakis. I think he's... Well, there are exceptions. He's just funny in general. He is hilarious. He was uh, very entertaining in his recent Conan appearance. I saw some interview with <clears throat> David Cross. That guy is so boring when he's not actually like acting that's because david cross is like one of those guys that takes himself really seriously i feel like like he thinks like he is like there's a lot of just people in general in entertainment that think like wow i have like so many great ideas and opinions they're like god's and, gift to their yeah. field and even if they're like funny people well when they're in their like personal lives or whatever or their public lives it's like oh i have to be all about like these like things that I have ideas about. So like I feel like David Cross is one of those people. Well, he even said that he wasn't too funny like just talking to him. Oh. He he seemed I mean he didn't seem like a great guy or anything, but he didn't seem like a douche or anything like that. <laughs> sort of in the middle somewhere, lukewarm on the I well, mean, it was kind of humbling. It was like an interview done by like LXTV that airs at like 2 a.m. and he was in a bar with some random lady who's probably been in the biz for like a year and a half. I should show you that later. It's actually pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> it's Maybe so awkward. I should come over and 
take a look. You should come over sometime. <laughs> that was supposed to be like the weird kid that like really wants to like hang out with like these people. He like really wants them to be his friends. And so he's constantly looking for reasons to get them to come over. So like it's like, oh dude, uh I just got this uh <laughs> I got this really cool new remote. To tell you the truth, this really cool new remote control. You guys should come over and see it. That's what I got out of it. I... So you got it. it just wasn't funny. <laughs> it, was, it made me sad, actually. <laughs> it was too convincing. Oh. Were you that? Kid? I think I were just didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> see. All right. I just wanted kids to play with my Z-Bots. I thought that was my wallet. Z-Bots. I had Z-Bots. Z-Bots. Do you have Z-Bots, Joel? I've heard of that. Micro what machines, is that? right? Micro machines, robots. They were the like, coolest thing I've ever right. seen in my life. Did you, I, have a, did you have micro machines? Oh, yeah. I had micro machines. Yeah. <clears throat> I had, like, like micro machines, like little setups that you yeah, could like have. Like, there sets. was, like, a construction site. I feel like whoever was coming up with micro machines, like... It was such a. They had thought they had this brilliant idea, you know. Like they march into the, like Hasbro board meeting and they say, "Okay, okay, wait, I have this pitch." Okay, <laughs> everybody, this is so great. So everybody goes, hmm, "Okay, what is this going to be?" So he opens up his little like, you know, board with his little pitch on it. He's like, "Okay, imagine being able to play with toy cars." Okay, everybody, every kid loves toy cars. We drive them around. We pretend we dream about having real cars. And then he like takes the the poster off. <laughs> And they're just smaller. And he goes, now imagine if you could play with them only smaller. You could hold three of them in your hand instead of one. Okay? And everybody's going, I, I don't know if that... No, seriously. <laughs> it's smaller. Micro machines. Small machines. Little, tiny... Are you yes. getting this? This is brilliant. <clears throat> and so like then... enough browbeating that they finally kind of go, well, yeah. I think that that actually... Kids will like that. Kids will, kids will like small cars. That they can swallow and choke. <laughs> and then we'll get a creepy pedophile-looking man who speaks really quickly to advertise. <laughs> Micro machines from the lube. However, Joel, <laughs> I'm going to just assume that maybe Scotty and I had different micro-machines than you had. Because there was a particular gooey micro machine. There was a particular. I don't know if anybody's micro machine was more gooey than Mark's when he was a child. (laughs) There was a particular micro machines line subgenre. Subgenre. (laughs) That was the only one that I really got into. Eventually, I mean, I used to have the cars and stuff, but eventually, your cars got replaced by X wings. The Star Wars micro machines. (laughs) The Star Wars micro machines were by far. The best micro machines ever. It was, they were probably my favorite Star Wars toys. Actually, I probably liked the micro machines more than the Power of the Force. Uh, yeah, the big action the figures. Big set. Well, because you could have so many of them. You could, you know, like you could stage these epic battles in a very small space. And then they came out with the medium-sized vehicles. I remember that. The, yeah. uh, I don't remember what they called them. They were like the action. But they had like little tiny people, like yes. the characters you could put in them. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't because. The only problem with the original Micro Machine sets is, like, you have, like, a little Luke Skywalker, and then you have the X-Wing that he flies in, and the little Luke Skywalker is actually bigger (laughs) than the (laughs) X-Wing. Or, like, the Millennium Falcon is, like... Yeah, it's like he stands taller than it. Yeah, and the Millennium Falcon, like, holds, like, you know, you can put, like, like seven people in the cockpit. We're talking about a freighter, you know, so, I mean... 
and Luke Skywalker can like stand on top of it. So it always got really awkward when it's like, okay, so now I need to fly Han Solo and Luke and Leia and Obi-Wan to the Death Star, but I can't put them in the Millennium Falcon, so they just sit on top of it while I move it into the Death Star, which I had the Death Star playset, which the Death Star is like big enough to hold like 10 people. Yeah. So then you have other problems there where you're like, well, this is not... But then they came out with the big Millennium Falcon, which still was not big enough. No. But not to scale. But did you have the one that opened up? Like no, this? I didn't actually. Oh. I used to uh I I remember when we were kids, like with that that stuff, if we didn't have the playset, we would make one. Cause it, or it would just be like, this is not big enough or authentic enough, so we're gonna make one. So we'd take like cardboard and paper and like, you know and it would always get sort of halfway done, be like, you know, oh, okay, well I think we're kinda done making this now, but Usually we'd play with it for like a day and then... You know what I would never do when I was a kid when I got toys? I never put the stickers on. And you know why? Because I would get the toy and I wanted to play with it so bad that I was like, ah, 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 why doesn't it have the stickers on it? Ah, I don't want to do that. Ah." And then I'd just like put them away and be like, well, I just won't put the stickers on. And then after like a while, I'd be like, well, this is really lame without the stickers. It just looks like plain plastic. Why can't they put the stickers on? Yeah, who, whose before decision Before you is that? open it, I know. Who wants to put the stickers on? You have your dad put the stickers on for you, but my dad would be like, "Well, don't you want to put the stickers on?" <laughs> like, no, I, I want them the, already on. I wanted the manufacturer to put the stickers on, <laughs> and they failed. But Joel, seems like maybe someone. Did you like putting the stickers on? Well, were there stickers with micro machines? There were stickers with. Micro machine sets. The only yeah, and a lot of other like toys had stickers. Well, I had Hot Hot Wheels had a lot of stickers. I remember specifically. Yes. Did you ever accidentally put the stickers on like upside down, and then like when you take it off, it doesn't quite stick as well, mm-hmm. and then, or it's on like kind of off centered, and it's like ah, oh, it doesn't. Well, and then your toy is ruined. It for doesn't life. look authentic. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I was a big sticker person. Like if it, if I thought that it was gonna look cool, maybe. But maybe I get like the lightning bolt backwards, like on the side uh-huh, of the car, uh-huh. so it was like going backwards, and <laughs> yeah. didn't really make any sense. And then your toy is done for the rest of its life. It's uh-huh. like this will forever. Every time I play with this toy, it will remind me of my incompetence and in being able to put a sticker on it. It's just so no, much pressure. I wasn't that insecure. <laughs> well, so much pressure on being a kid. They expect you to. You're gonna decorate your own toys, okay? You're you're in charge of the paint scheme of this car. <laughs> No, if I ever got anything that I had to put stickers on, it didn't work out. I I owned it. You just accepted it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it, it didn't. It didn't like make me feel like, man, I don't know how to put stickers on. It was more like, man, this toy sucks now. <laughs> I didn't let it bug me. I don't know. <laughs> See, Joel's a bigger person. I guess so. I just, <laughs> man, it just really bothered me. <laughs> Sticker problem. All those I'd... toys that are, I couldn't even give them away to the poor kids. <laughs> the stickers were so. Kids picking it up at the thrift store that ends up at like 10 years later. Oh, cool. Look at the. Oh, <laughs> what happened to this? The sticker's all crooked. I'm not buy this. One time I got a Micro Machine playset that didn't come with the stickers. Oh, and they didn't include them? I ended up being upset about that and we sent away and they sent me another one. So then I had two playsets. It was the uh, Boba Fett set that turns in. It was Boba Fett head. And it opens up, and it's uh, yep. inside the Death Star mm-hmm. 2. <laughs> yeah. And you could push Palpatine out the window. Or not Palpatine <laughs> out the window. You push uh, Luke out the window with Darth Vader. You know, he, like, throws the... Yeah. You know, he, like, takes the little thing from, you know, shoots at Luke. <laughs> That's well, on Luke, Bespin. That's Luke, not the Death Star. It's on that Bespin. That's Bespin. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's the Bespin playset. 
forgive me. Darth Vader was definitely Cloud City. It had the carbon freezing chamber and the window you could push window. to get it. Yeah. Carbon f- night, Mark. I'm sorry, carbon. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Boba Fett <laughs> opened up like this, and then no one little... can see what you're doing. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking. It. He's visualizing. While you're thinking, just let everybody know that Mark. That we have three tiers of Star Wars fans. There's me. I enjoy Star Wars, but I know almost nothing about it. And then there's Mark, who knows a lot about Star Wars, like more than I'll, pretty much anyone else I know, except for Scotty. Basically, Scotty is there to correct Mark on any little tiny thing that he gets wrong. Here's the issue right here. Here's the issue right here. Here's what divides I've me. I've devoted my life to so... Oh, what Here's happened? what divides me from Scotty. When I was a kid, when I was... Uh, okay, let's say up until I was in eighth grade, up until I was like 12, I like had every name of every little thing like memorized and like whatever. I've kind of forgotten a little bit of that. Beyond then, as I got older, I kind of honed in to what I like loved about Star Wars, which you know, I love the movies, and which is what Star Wars is, correct? I mean, they're movies, and the like games, I played the video games. There is this whole other expanded universe saying books and stuff like that, and it's like, I, I don't believe it's real, because... <laughs> None of it's real, Mark. Because... <laughs> I only believe what <laughs> I only believe what I've seen on the screen. That's real to me. That's Star Wars. And now that there's Clone Wars TV show and the Clone Wars movie, I can believe that's real as well because that's on the screen. I can watch it. If it's in a book or whatever, it's like, well, I know George Lucas doesn't write the TV show, but it still feels more legit. Like the book is like, well, some guy just made up whatever he wanted about Star Wars. I feel like it's kind of almost like George Lucas has been to the Star Wars universe and like he wrote down what happened and then came back and was like, this is how it is. These other people are like speculating and I can't get it. It's not real. I can't get into that. And so there are things that are in the movies, but they're not like uh, they're not like very prominent in the movies, but they have their own little like side stories off in the expanding universe. Not to say that Scotty like reads a lot of expanding universe books. I don't think you do. I don't. But, but you know about I did. There's a time. And therefore he knows about little side characters and things like that. The Bespin thing, that was just a lame I I was just thinking <laughs> of the wrong I was thinking Return of the Jedi. Forgiven. Here here's the problem. There's a window. <laughs> We've let it go. Here's the problem. There's a window and in the the Star Destroyer that Palpatine's on when he's observing the construction of the Death Star. He's got a big window behind him and his little... He's actually on the Death Star, though. Not on the Star Destroyer. And he's in his observation tower on the Death Star. Oh, that's right. He's watching them all. He's watching the whole battle. Okay, so I made another mistake. But anyway, <laughs> see, this is the point is, about. there's a big circular window I thing. I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think when Mark and Scotty get together, we have to assume Star Wars is going to come up at some point. <laughs> It has to be. <laughs> now, I didn't do it today. Though. I mean, no, no, no. Star Wars Start with is a part of life. It is. It not? I, I mean, I can't deny that. I, I wouldn't try. I, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Joel. Uh, no, I, maybe you just need to watch Star Wars a bunch more and get more into it. Well, I'm thinking more about the listeners. <laughs> the listeners obviously love Star Wars. Okay. Well, they have to. We don't know who the listeners are yet. <laughs> I'm sure he does. You're not supposed to talk about <laughs> We are not supposed to talk about <laughs> in this podcast. We decided we're not going to talk about 
Oh, we're also uh, not supposed to mention that we saw him in <laughs> at the Chipotle next to Scotty's work, and we left with great haste when we saw them. I think they'll get back together one more time and probably break up one more time. Is she still dating? Yes. They're going to really? end up with a baby. You know, it's, it's going to get complicated. It'll be a Ross and Rachel situation. <laughs> That's why, I mean, it's a, it's a ballsy claim. For me to say, I mean, because they both are in relationships. You know what? You've been right about. Still think it's gonna happen. You've been right about some relationship get-togethers before. I know. I, you called. I called. Didn't you call too? They haven't dated yet, I don't think, but it was getting pretty close. Did I call that? I think you did. I might have, but it didn't happen. Uh, the only <laughs> relationships I ever call correctly are with. <laughs> <laughs> you have an insight into his mind. I just know. So, Joel, you need to just lead with some questions or something, you know. I, I tweet and I ask, hey, anybody got topic suggestions? And then nobody tweets back. Well, what if that's a topic suggestion right there? How do you feel about the fact that Twitter almost becomes a constant competition to come up with the wittiest tweet ideas and put them up there? That's what it is. I know. And it kind of <laughs> defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Because it's supposed to just be a way to communicate with people with short bursts of like, oh, cool. I feel like I'm sort of interacting with people even though I'm not with them. But it turns into, like, who has sort of the tweet that's, like, the funniest well, joke. here's the thing. If you don't have any followers, or, you know, not a lot of followers, I think you can post whatever kind of tweet you want to. But when people, like, like when Rain Wilson, you know, has, like, 5 million followers or whatever, he'll post, like, boring crap. It's like, you can't do that when you have that many followers. Well, right. Like, but then again, that so that makes it, like, so what is the point of Twitter? Because... Like, here's a funny... For big-name people, or somewhat big-name yeah. people, it's just promotion. It's exactly. free promotion. So it's just funny. I mean, it's a funny tool. My brother posted a little thing one day where he was like, on Facebook, he actually said, Oh, no, Twitter's down. I'm not going to know what Miley's <laughs> having for dinner. And that's that, to me, is like a very descriptive, like, hilariously descriptive version of, of it's truly like... Some people are really in it because it makes them feel close to celebrities, which I think is funny. And other people are in it because they are kind of competing for this uh, sort of like top spot people where they're like, oh, his tweets are always so good, you know, and it's just funny. Well, if your tweets are always good, then Mine are never that's good. awesome. I, I don't think I've had a good, I'm much better at, at posting Facebook updates than Twitter updates. Miley deleted her Twitter. Yeah, she did. <laughs> oh, did she? <laughs> I was going to mention that. Well, she probably had people responding to her I, with awkward... Pe- people say the nastiest crap to her. Like yeah, if you go that's on her... like really mean. Yeah. I love Miley. <laughs> um. <laughs> and if Mark's on the show, we need to remember Miley Cyrus is going to come up at some point. And I brought it up this time. <laughs> I didn't bring... Yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, an observation I've made about Facebook. Okay. The comments on Facebook statuses are all about... How can I one-up this person's status? Always, yeah. So someone's like, oh, man, it, today, like, this is the most most kind of common example. It's like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through today. I had to get up at 3 in the morning. And then the first comment is like, I got up at 2. Sad face. <laughs> Sad face. Wah, wah. It's like, can't you just be like, oh, that sucks, man. I'm sorry for you. Not like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, I had to, like, build a house yesterday, and I was up till, like, <laughs> 4 in the morning. And then I went home, and I only got 20 minutes of sleep. And I'm going to be working again for the next 19 hours. It's like, yeah. this person's just trying to get a little sympathy. You don't have to be like, I am so much in, in such a more bad position than you are. Well, as Brian Regan would say, it's just how humans are. 
Oh, Brian, definitely. Brian Regan's whole, you know, oh, I had two wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, I had four pulled. Oh, okay. You win, I guess. I try to not one-up. I, I like, because it is my first initial reaction. If you have a story, it's tempting. Yes, yes. Or, but I think generally what I do with comments is I try to take what the comment was, and then I, like, twist it around to be, like, I try to make it a little something funny. Like, you know, like Scotty says, yeah. uh, checking off the life goal of seeing Bob Dylan before he dies. It's like, well, my life goal is to die before I see Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's funny. Right? <laughs> but see, and, and I, at the same time, I'm telling Scotty, Bob Dylan sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an insult and a joke at the same time. I think that that's fun, though. I, I kind of like the comment etiquette on Facebook and the way that you can sort of subversively have a sense of humor when it comes to that. I do find it funny when people don't know that that's what it's for and they try to make like semi-serious comments on your status. I, I, I find that humorous. Yeah, people I'm, that comment on everything you post and it's always like, you know, they yeah. don't know you're being sarcastic. And so it, it's just always kind of like, ah, boy, you don't know how this works, do you? You, know, you don't, you have to communicate on Facebook. I feel like with people who well, sort of get your sense of humor. That's what, that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. Like 90% of the comments I get on statuses are from people I haven't talked to in like five yeah, years, yeah. you know? And I'm like, you don't really know my sense of humor. And Mark's like, or, you know, whoever, someone who gets my sense of humor is like, yeah, what the heck is this person talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, kind of the fun thing I like about Facebook is I do comment on people's statuses that are like that for me. Like, I haven't talked to them in, like, five, six years or whatever. Because it's, like, kind of like, oh, you know, I can still, like, kind of interact with this person, but I don't have to, like, be, like, their best friend. It's like, I can just comment on things. But I always try and make it, like, I think I make it obvious that I'm joking. Maybe I don't. But the people that give you the serious <laughs> comments on everything are the serious people themselves and maybe all of their friends it's all seriousness which i hate like serious status updates they drive me nuts where it's like like i said earlier like the ones where people are like oh man i've been up for like five hours <laughs> i just don't comment on those it's basically it's like, what like can a, I add? it's a short it's a shortened version of people who used to have like the live journal where they you know pour, yes. pour their guts out so that they can get a little sympathy from their online and it's like, and you could do that now in just like you know, hundred characters or less. Like, <laughs> if your if your com if your status is like trying to beg for sympathy, with my comments, I'm trying to add to your status. I'm trying to make it more fun, get people involved. <laughs> if it's something Improve. like give me sympathy, <laughs> woe is me. There's nothing I can add to that. All I can do is be like, one up. Be like, yeah, my situation is worse than yours, so you shouldn't feel that bad. That's lame. I don't. I mean. I don't, so I don't comment on things like that. I comment on like just average statuses, just like, you know, this happened today or, Hey, I'm doing this today. Or, you know, someone posts a joke or the really dramatic emo lyric status. That's a good one. Yeah. The what? The dramatic emo lyrics. Oh, emo lyrics. Oh, that people post. Uh, and well, I know I like, Mark and I are yeah. thinking of one particular person who does that every single day. <laughs> no. <laughs> or. <laughs> I like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We cannot to, avoid... You're going to have to go... And it's because you told us to avoid it. Uh, we said you <laughs> got to be saying, the moderator. When you're going through this and editing everything, just know you brought it on. I know. Uh, yeah. Th that became, like, the new... Remember when people used to always, for their away message on their instant messenger, would always be lyrics from songs? Uh, yeah. 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 I still have done that. that. But... You know, that's that's now that what became the status update. Well, we should probably do dramatic readings of Twitter. Yeah, speaking of some some good tweets. Dramatic you mean tweeting. Like Twitter tracker, but dramatic. Twitter tracker, Twitter tracker, Twitter tracker. 
Andrea Hamilton loves Vietnam. And it's pho noodles. Like Michael Scott. Oh, I just made a kind of mean joke about it. Did you see my Brandon Shaw tweet? Oh, Brandon Shaw's tweets are... He's my favorite tweeter right now. Because recently, like, recently, like, he'll say, like, what the heck is this? Like, fact, when do you ever use it? So anybody listening to this podcast, what you should do, tweet something that seems a little bit obscure, and then put things Brandon Shaw hasn't heard of yeah. as the tag. Because... So, it's a good movement, I think, to start. That makes me think of that that thing you sent me of that guy on Facebook that posted that note or whatever, and Brandon Shaw like found the other article that the guy like. Oh, you mean off. <laughs> the guy ripped it off completely? And Brandon Shaw, I think it was Brandon yeah, Shaw, he, found it and he posted, dude, posted it. And he was like, "Yeah, because <laughs> every time one of that guy's notes, every time post something." rips him apart for it uh. and then that time brandon they said where did you you know where did like where did this research come from this is great somebody post that and brandon just goes here you go well, <laughs> no someone said uh oh, i wish i had like an art like this was an article so i could yeah, sign exactly. it That's in, what my, it was. in my paper and then brandon brandon posted like this is the article right here that he stole it from this brandon's always like either is the biggest liar on the planet or he's the most amazing individual. Like, yeah, he's like the most brilliant performer. No, his tweets about Al Gore crack me up too, about him being responsible for all the changes in the weather. That's Brandon's thing. Anytime the weather changes, <laughs> like the other day he said, he said, thanks Al Gore for cooler weather. We appreciate all you're doing. And then like, you know, Al Gore must be sad because it's raining today. You know, That's true. He told Caleb that Al Gore was a weather god. All right, we're going to read some tweets. You got to give me a tweet to read. All right. I'm allowed to, like, read anybody's? Sure. They posted it. You're just reading it with a weird voice. And now it's time for dramatic tweets. It's a Geiger says, The air this morning is thick with mist and the smell of rain. Lovely, lovely day. Dave Haynes. Hey, all you single friends of mine, i.e. at Dan Portnoy at J Dial Film. You might want to jump on this. HTTP colon slash slash twitpick dot com slash LMLTN Jimmy Fallon looking for a bowling ball 16 pound 15 I have no idea what I'm talking about need help and please no testicle jokes hides one two four putting the final touches on the games for Scott's groom bath tomorrow. Groom bath. <laughs> Is that like a bridal shower? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> the bride takes the bath. No, the bride has the shower. And the groom has the bath. Putting the final touches on the games for Scott's groom bath tomorrow. I love planning parties. Who calls it a groom bath? <laughs> Sounds like fun. Games in the tub. Battleship. Tabitha blogs. Any tweeps or bloggers planning on going to the Dickens Christmas Fair this year in SF? Let me know. Pound sign. Dickens Fair. Twitgoo.com. What is Twitgoo? It's just a place that people can upload. Like, Is it for pictures? Just pictures? But it's literally called Goo? Twitgoo? Yeah, Twitgoo.com. I think Joel started it. So. Here's the thing, though. If you want to try to be funny, try to be funny. I don't want to have to sit there and worry about whether AG is going to go wah, wah, about my my tweet. 
Who cares? If he doesn't like it, he, he can stop follow following you. me. Yeah. Stop he's gonna go. He's gonna AG. go wah wah about anything. I know. That's why I tire of AG. I just ignore. another person to cut out. <clears throat> Where's me? Down? No, I don't really care. If no, we can talk about AG. AG. Right now, he's probably going wah wah. So stupid, guys. For one, he's already turned off this podcast <laughs> because true. I was talking about Star Wars or something, and he was like, "Oh my gosh." I don't think I know this guy. He went to one of your shows with me. What's he look like? He looks like a little Spaniard. <laughs> yeah, he came with you to the show with Amelia, right? Mm-hmm. The show, The Night of the Accident. Oh, yes. That show. The Night of the Accident. This I recall. The show well. of the unexpected acoustic set list. The show in Pasadena where there was free dank hot chocolate. It wasn't good? No. The hot chocolate wasn't good. The coffee might have been good. I believe... No. Okay, strange question this week on Joel Cathy's podcast. Is the funny bone the same as the humorous? We're going to find out right now. Here's, oh. here's all I'm saying. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But if that's true, I don't believe then that it's called the funny bone because, of how it, because feels. it feels funny. When I it gets believe bumped. it's called the funny bone because they're making a joke about it. Isn't that funny? It hurts. It it's makes your whole funny arm like... Okay. dude. When you hit your funny bone, it hurts, you know, but... Eight years ago, I hit my funny bone in Home Depot, and I was, like, on the brink of tears, because it shot, like, into my chest. Ugh. Yeah, such intense pain. It was, pain. like, the worst pain I've ever felt. And why is that? When I do it, it feels like my whole arm is like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why you feel like it's a cartoon moment. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> All right, we're getting close. <laughs> getting close to the answer. What are you doing? That's what happens. You, you look like a you muppet. Hit it. Your arm goes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is that what yours feels like? Spring loaded. Does yours feel like it's like yeah, vibrating? totally, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, and tingly. Mm. It is tingly. <laughs> we like it when some things tingle, but not when the funny bone tingles. We like it when your micro machine tingles. We don't like it when we've been sitting on the toilet for too long and then we get up and our legs are all numb and have fallen asleep. And then you try and walk and like they're just getting their feeling back in your feet. Do you ever lose circulation in your legs? How from long do you toilet? sit on the toilet? <laughs> this is like from sitting on the toilet for like five minutes. Wow. It cuts off the circulation right here. How intense are you leaning into that? Oh, I lean. <laughs> I'm like this. This is how I go to the bathroom. I'm like this. Okay, here's here's what it is. Here's the answer. The funny bone is, I mean, the feeling that you get obviously is in your nerves. The nerve that you hit is called the ulnar nerve. That's at the distal end of the humerus near the elbow. So it's on the humerus. So ulnar. Then the question is, is that why it's called the funny bone? Striking because this nerve humerus. can cause a tingling sensation or a funny feeling, and sometimes a significant amount of pain. But that's too perfect that the bone is called the humerus. That has to Sometimes be why it's called the funny bone. I like yeah. the, that the word uh, ulnar sounds to me like an like an old man's name. Ulnar. <laughs> ulnar. <laughs> you said you're gonna rake the leaves up, ulnar. Ulnar. What? That's what? some. You're just saying that. Plus, if you search funny bone <laughs> on Wikipedia, I don't understand how that relates to what we were talking about. It's like we're talking about funny bone, and then all of a sudden, this is from my perspective. It's you like, said the yeah, I mean, it's all. It could be the funny bone. <laughs> I didn't hear that, so this, I'm just telling you from my perspective. It was this. It was like, uh, I mean, it could be the funny bone because it has a funny feeling. It's like I think ulnar sounds like an old man's name. No, but it says if you if you search funny bone on Wikipedia, it directs to this page about the humorous. So I mean, 
it's part of the humorous bone. I think someone hit that and they're like, ow, where'd I hit myself? You hit yourself on the humorous bone. Oh, because it's like a funny feeling. We'll call it the funny bone. I think that's, it's both. But funny and humorous. Yeah. I think yeah, it's that's both. why. It's like clever. Someone was like, ha, isn't It's that like funny? double. I don't, I don't accept things that are double. I think <laughs> one of them was an accident. Mark hates twins. He also <laughs> hates spearmint, uh, double mint gum, and he hates shoes. I don't know. Socks. Socks. Eyeballs. <laughs> Arms, legs, and balls. But I love double doubles. Well, because that's, that's, you know, two and two. That's four. Uh, this has been a random discussion with Mark Babbitt and Scott Ryan. I was going to say we should have Caleb Sean and he can do his signs impression whenever he gets back. (laughs) He does the like, the sound I hear on the. I got it. (laughs) Well, when Caleb moves into town, we'll definitely get him on. We'll have him tell us everything that is the best, whatever it is. The best song, the best movie. Best best song ever made, the best movie ever made. The new Muse album is apparently the best album that has ever been made. So perfect that it was, in fact, better than Viva La Vida and the other Muse album, Absolution. So, the best album that's ever been made by a band that dresses in Hot Topic t-shirts. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Alright, well, this has been GooCast. October 15th, we'll be back next week. Don't know who's going to be on the show. Probably Scotty again. <laughs> Maybe Scotty again. But the future is <laughs> promising. Why isn't Scotty just always on? It could be. I mean, I have another mic. I have another input. We and we have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's we're <laughs> we gonna do. we're gonna develop a. I mean, a, we already have a rapport. A you know, rapport, but we're gonna develop a podcast rapport. Yeah, it's gonna be. You if know, we had Brandon Shaw, that would be. Let's have him on. Let's have on. Yeah. Well, that's definitely going to turn into Star Wars goofy. Pick his pick his brain about how he comes up with such amazing tweets. Sweet tweets. (laughs) Well, thanks for a good time again, gentlemen. The outtakes will now begin. Mark and Scott for the win. Next week's show will be shorter, like 30 minutes tops. What did you write? Well, because you said on my list, it's Die Before I See Bob Dylan, so I'm yes. already crossing it off. And I said, too bad the next thing on your list is see Matchbox 20 before they start to suck, because it was never possible. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> In your opinion. <laughs> My opinion, they still rule. Still the best band <laughs> in the world. I want to see Barack Obama stop the Creed reunion. <laughs> I want to see Barack Obama put an end to... You're going to have to edit this because i got to think. <laughs> you have to make it seem like I'm really witty. I don't know. <laughs> There's your Easter egg for the end of your podcast. We just want you to have to edit this. <laughs> you got to make it seem like I'm really witty. I got to have time to think. It's just true. pick Mark's best little snippets and string them together for two not, minutes. Mark Babbitt is not made for live uh, <laughs> radio. Oh, orthodontics. That was like 11 minutes. <laughs> I can fart into the microphone. <laughs> That's okay. There's another Easter egg for you on your little speech reel for Mark. You're going to have to edit some stuff out. Make me seem witty. I can fart (laughs) in the microphone. Yes. I'll edit this all together so it makes you sound like you're saying something like...
It's totally stupid. Just take one word. You don't have to do much editing in order to achieve that. Low self-esteem over here. (laughs) Uh, No, that doesn't have anything to do with my self-esteem. That has everything to do with me knowing that I say a lot of stupid stuff. Well, you haven't said anything stupid yet. I'm not embarrassed by it. I don't feel bad about it. I'm like, meh, I say stupid stuff. I own it. Yeah, okay. It's part of what makes me But I mean, me you haven't mean. said anything really, like, stupid so far, so... Well, yeah, I guess not stupid, like, wow, that guy's an idiot. But I mean, stupid, like... Nobody's on all the time. Yeah, just stupid, like, that was ridiculous. Like, what were you trying to say there? Like, you know, I know that I do that. I.E. at Dan Portnoy at J-Dial Film. You might want to jump on this. HTTP colon... <laughs> <laughs> why Why does it sound like Christian Bale's Batman voice? <laughs> but I would be like... <laughs> you can edit that part out. Because it sucked. Noted. <laughs> and just to make sure that you do... Because if you ever want anything edited out of this, you just say... Now it's too late because it was too much of a break in between. Again. No matter how many times <laughs> you say it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's too I far. Get back. So we can't go back in time. <laughs> I actually did. I actually did for a second think like, how can I rewind this? Is there a way I can do it? And I was like, nope, I can't because uh, the computer is over there, and it is recording, and you cannot backwards record. Correct. You could in your car if you went too far. You could reverse. It, you know, it's like some. It's. You can go backwards while still going forward. You're still going forward in time. Are you trying to make a philosophical statement? <laughs> no, listen, what are we? <laughs> listen this, is, this is kind of the process I went through here. When you're in the car, you're still going forward in time, but you can go backwards. When you're recording audio, you can't go backwards and still be going forward. You have to stop recording to go backward. He's right. Not many things do you have to do that. Actually, nothing <laughs> other than recording. Just Scotty, have you been on PGOGB? Dot com? No. I still haven't posted mine. It's this new website. Perfect guy or girl, but basically it's a list of deal breakers. Perfect person, but there's just one little thing about them that's wrong. Like whether or not that's that's cool. I meant to add something onto mine. Teeth. That'd be mine. I said... Teeth? Bad teeth. Well, they gotta be like weird, sort of. Like kind of funny. Mine was... Perfect guy or girl, but when she's tired, instead of yawning, she yodels the entire IHOP menu, and then I'm going to say to the tune of the Andy Griffith show or something like that. So it it has to be that obscure? Well, maybe not that obscure, like, (laughs) but just something that makes you go like, what? (laughs) That's like too... That's like... (laughs) (laughs) Did you just smoke something in the last, like, ten seconds? That's like too... (laughs) That's... That's like... That's too perfect. 